I'm Ryan Krofcheck, and welcome to the Opera House Story Sessions, a podcast that brings you the histories and the folklore of the people who've carried and continue to carry the music born out of these hills and hollers. In today's episode, we'll chat with banjo-playing raft guide Kelsey Beveridge about her pawpaw's banjo that her and half the county learned on. We'll also learn about her travels from Cloverlick to Cambodia and how her banjo has been a key to unlocking so many adventures. Kelsey originally joined us on the Opera House stage in 2021 when we just weren't ready to do live shows again after the pandemic shutdown. The night she had joined us, she had just finished packing for a nearly three-week-long rafting trip with her banjo. Of course I'm taking my banjo. It fits perfectly in a rifle gun case. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they made that. I don't know, you, you can ask Pelican. <laughs> yeah. So this is the second time I've been down the Grand Canyon and the second time that this banjo has been down the Grand Canyon. And cool. the night before we, we left, we didn't really know what I was gonna do with the banjo. I didn't have a plan. So we went to the local Dunham's in Flagstaff, Arizona and found a perfect length gun case that that banjo sits right down in. And not this banjo, but another banjo. It's actually a buddy of mine's banjo. We went to Asia. We spent a month in Asia traveling around with the banjo. We did Cambodia, Thailand, and Vietnam. It was wow. pretty fun. They, you got looked at in a different light when you were carrying a banjo around in Southeast Asia. Yeah. Did you run into any other banjo players when you're there? Not banjo players. Uh, a couple other musicians, but more that wanted to play our banjo, not that had their own to play with us, but. We, we went to a couple places where I don't know what tuning they put that banjo in, but it sounded like some type of African rhythm, and it was amazing. We're just right. watching these guys take the banjo from us, and they retuned it, and we're like, okay, whatever. We'll put it back, do whatever you want to with it. It was wow. fun. Wow. Did you learn any songs? I didn't. Uh, I think my buddy probably picked up a couple riffs and stuff because he was there longer than me. He was there for about two months. I was just there for one month. Mm-hmm. But it, it was really fun to to walk into a bar and just be welcomed based on the fact that you had a musical instrument and most of them didn't know what it was. You just, wow. they just knew it did something cool. They wanted to hear it. <laughs> so from Cloverlick to Cambodia, you brought your banjo all around the world. Yep, uh, it's been uh, a couple places. <laughs> yeah. And so like, when you, did they know West Virginia? Did you say, you know, hey, I'm from West Virginia? They'd, they, if they did, they'd sing country roads to yeah. us. <laughs> I was kind of, I've heard that a lot. It's just like, <laughs> It, which is so cool uh, that to be a mountaineer, to be a West Virginian, and to be like known, well known all over the world, or just to oh, have John a song, Denver tune. Yeah, from a John Denver tune. Right. <laughs> Specifically, Kelsey is from Cloverlink, West Virginia. And like most of the musicians in this series, she wasn't the first in her family to pick up a banjo. Yeah, so my, my papal, Richard Beveridge, he played in a band called the Vonnie Mountain Boys, and he was the fiddle player. So he had a banjo when we were growing up, but that was later to find out dad hid this from us but the banjo was actually his he wanted to learn but he'd lost a middle finger in a dozer accident when he was 18 so he wasn't able to play banjo because he wanted to play bluegrass three finger roll style I'm like dad there's another way to play I play claw hammer I can teach you nope don't want to want to learn I want to learn bluegrass like Richard Hefner I was like fine be stubborn then and never learn to play the banjo wow <laughs> so we took that Sears and Roebuck's J.C. Penney style. It was the, the banjo was basically plastic, but it was awesome. It did the trick, and a lot of kids in Pocahontas County actually went on to learn on that exact banjo. But I, wow. yeah, just passed down from yeah, your family. I learned. Yep, it was so it was my dad's. He never learned on it. My twin brother and I both learned on that banjo, and then um, Silas Riley learned on it. But I feel like somebody had it before 
JJ learned on it, and then Silas learned on it, and I think some other kid was in the mix there. So there are like four other kids in Pocahontas County that learned on the same banjo that my papa played for us at Christmas, that my dad was supposed to play, that me and my twin brother learned on. Now, where, where is the banjo now? In my closet. Oh. I got it You got to it to somebody. Yeah. Well, I, I do. I, I dish it out, and like someone will learn some tunes on it. Like the, Actually, the only reason I still have that while my house burnt down is because it was on Lind. One of my friends at Snowshoe wanted to learn, so I'd lent it to him, and I was like, you can't hurt it, but don't hurt it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. luckily had it when my house burnt down, so I still have that banjo. Well, that, yeah, that was pure luck. That was pure luck. He yeah. was like, he he felt so bad for having it for so long, and I was like, no, you don't understand, Zach. Like, if you didn't have this, I wouldn't have it. So, thank you for procrastinating on bringing this back to me. It worked out. When Kelsey joined us back on our stage in 2021, she talked about how her papa started it all, and how her official teacher, Pam Lund a name near and dear to many hearts in these parts, caught on to the fact that her papa was helping her out when Pam saw how cleverly a couple of her tuning pegs were fixed one day. My papa would be very disappointed in me if he saw how much I was using this tuner. When I first started playing banjo, it's all because of him. He used to play for the Viney Mountain Bluegrass Boys, and he was a fiddle player, but he also played a little bit of banjo. And one day when me and my twin brother were running through the house, I remember my mom just in the middle of the kitchen turning and looking at us for no real apparent reason and asking if we wanted to play take banjo lessons. We're like, yeah, sure. And the next thing I knew, we were taking banjo lessons every Tuesday with Pam Lund. <laughs> and it was a blast, except for after basketball practice and you were tired and sweaty and you had to go anyway. I also remember once I broke a banjo string and I was at home, I had no idea how to fix it. And he came over and he fixed it. And it, it, it broke way down in here where it couldn't, none of the factory wiring of the banjo string would work anymore. So we wired it together and hit it, did his hoodoo, voodoo, papal work on it. And I showed back up for lessons and Pam took my banjo away from me. And she's like, who did that? <laughs> she knew I didn't do it. I told her papal, she said, he did a good job. <laughs> we have to play a song. Papa always played for us at Christmas, but just for the kids, he wouldn't ever play in front of the parents. So he'd always sneak us back into the back bedroom and just get the kids around. He'd get the fiddle out and he'd pluck a little on it and get the banjo out and we'd pluck a little on that. And he'd put them all back away as soon as the first adult's face would pop in the room and that'd be the end of banjo and fiddle lessons with Papa. What does it mean to you to kind of be from this this area and what does the music mean to you now that you've kind of gone and traveled with it and, and met a lot of people? I mean, For us, we were so immersed in it, being here in this this little hub of, of musical influence that it was natural to us when we were growing up. It was just like a normal thing to go to the opera house and square dance with your friends and, and go to your friend's house after school and play banjo. And it, it was just so second nature to our little group of friends that not until we got into college and started getting away from here did we realize how special it was. Like, it, it wasn't normal to be able to drive around your downtown streets and, and roll by the beautiful opera house and just see musicians pouring out all doors and you could just roll up to any circle you wanted to and jump in, oh, I know this tune, and you'd play along with them and you'd go to the next group and you'd play with them for a while. You know, that, that's not normal for every 12-year-old. We didn't know that. <laughs> That was 
was, of course, Shady Grove, a pretty classic tune. Another classic is Walkin' in the Parlor from legendary Lee Hammonds, which Kelsey remembers her teacher Pam Lund being very specific about how it was played. used to pick on us for playing it too fast and we're like well we only play it as like a quarter of the speed as the bings do and so we always used to refer to that speed as bing speed we were never allowed to play it that fast because every time we even attempted it she was like lee hammonds is rolling over in his graves right now your you kids are killing him all over again you better slow it down so this is how she preferred us to play it Yeah, so what's next for you after um, after ski season and after the Grand Canyon? I go straight back to the New and the Gauley River, so I'll be a raft guide there all summer. You bring your banjo. Of course. You get extra tips. Actually, yes, actually, that's, that has worked before. Really? <laughs> yeah. They always, on the boat, they're always saying, oh, I hear banjo music, and that's, that's my cue. Like, yeah. oh, I mean, this one crew in particular was just all about it. Wanting to hear the banjo, wanting to know all about how I learned and asking all the same questions that you're asking. And later we got off the river and they talked me into it. So I went over to their campsite and took my banjo and, and they had two boatloads of people. It was my best friend was, was their other raft guide. So her and I went over to their campsite and I took my banjo. We walked away with like three times the amount of cash that we'd gotten just from the river trip itself. So we were both real glad that worked out in our favor. She begged me, she's like, can we do that from now on? And can you just always take your banjo over to our guests? campsite so we can keep this going yeah yeah. i think it's important to you know especially coming from these kind of tourism worlds that that, you know you're in um just to kind of show a little bit of that culture the the, what from around here and stuff Mm -hmm. and sometimes it seems a little cliche but it's so true i mean you know Kelsey is a bona fide world traveler these days. Her roots still dug deep in Pocahontas County. Her musical roots have always grown intertwined with her family roots. I'll go to A and play some stuff that my grandma Desi got tired of hearing because when I was little and I was first learning, we either had banjo lessons in the WVMR Opera House, or sorry, in the radio station. We're in the Opera House now, but in the radio station at WVMR is where we used to take our lessons, and then we moved them to our grandmother's house in Dunmore, which is just a little bit closer to everybody.
I'm Ryan Krofchek, and this has been an Opera House Story Session. Huge thanks to Kelsey Beveridge for sitting down with us before her big Grand Canyon trip last year. And Bryn Cusick, as well as the entire Opera House Foundation, for their guidance on this series, which is funded in part by the West Virginia Humanities Council, the Snowshoe Foundation, West Virginia Department of Arts, Culture, and History, and by listeners and supporters like you. If you've enjoyed the Opera House Story Sessions, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform, as well as give us a like, subscribe, and share. Check out more episodes on our website at pocahontasoperahouse.org. The theme music is by the Black Mountain Bluegrass Boys, and this episode features music from Kelsey Beveridge. Well, I